as we enter this most holy of all weeks of our liturgical year. As a matter of fact, as we enter this most holy week of our lives, we enter into this drama that is taking place, the drama that begins to unfold the mysteries of God's love for us, but also of the, of the Son of God's suffering and death on our behalf. And today, we, the readings take us into two moments in history. Isaiah, who in his prophetic understanding hears God's word describe the role of the Son of Man, that suffering servant of the Lord. And there's a description of what he's to do for the people. And we see there's, and this is that prophetic words, hear me, all islands, listen, O distant peoples, which means listen to me, all the people of this earth the distance isles, isles, not only that, not as only islands, but it's, the, it's the, the whole globe. Listen to me, O distant people. The Lord called me from birth, from my mother's womb. He gave me my name, and that, game, that name is Jesus. God saves. God is the one who saves. He gave me the name because the Son of, son of Man is the Son of God, because both names are, are pointing to the same figure, which is Jesus of Nazareth, is also the Son of God. He is the Son of the Most High. He's the second person of the Holy Trinity. And is, he's, he is the one that what he received a special call from the very beginning. And what is that call? What is that call to restore not only the survivors of Israel, but I'll make you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Because he was formed, as it is says, he formed me as, as your servant from, from my mother's womb. I am to be glorious in the sight of, of God the Father. And, and we have to say that, you know, the Old Testament prepares us for this, for this, for this upcoming Triduum, Holy Triduum, where we see who is this, this prophetic person, which the history speaks of, the suffering servant of the Lord 500 years before the birth of Jesus, before his suffering and death. And we know that God's prophecy, God's word, is always pointing, helping his people to prepare for this special moment. And you know, and we know that only God, the Lord can offer us salvation, only the Lord can provide us with with that glory. And as we enter the gospel today, there's, there's that moment during the Passover meal. There's a moment, as we know, in John's gospel, we have, we have several things here. We have one is the dialogue between Jesus and his disciples. There's also dialogue between Jesus and and uh, Judas, as well as there's a dialogue between Jesus and, and Peter. So what we have here is this dialogue, is Jesus who opens his heart to his disciples. This is the Passover meal. Jesus spoke in the Gospels, I long to meet with you. I long to eat this Passover meal because it was the last supper. It was the last supper before he entered 
into the suffering and death and rising. And he wanted to share with us as we hear in the Gospel of John from chapters 13 all the way to the end, we see that dialogue between Jesus and us, powerful dialogue, because he reveals himself to us completely and fully. And today we see during this Last Supper, there's a moment Jesus's heart was troubled. Jesus was deeply troubled and testified, amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. His heart is troubled because he knows one, one of them will betray him. And we know that Jesus knows that it is Judas. There's a, there are references to that whole story where Jesus knows, he knows the heart of Judas. And you know, we have to look at Judas today from the perspective of our own. Who was Judas? He was someone who was called to be the follower of Christ. He was called to be one of the 12. Was Judas someone special? Yes, he was. He was entrusted even to be a treasurer, which means he, looked, he seemed to be not only an honest man, but he was genuinely following the Lord. What happened to Judas? What happens to Judas? He believed that Jesus is the Messiah. He thought that he'll be one of the special people in that government of Jesus. So there he is. But then as the time continues, he becomes disillusioned because Jesus speaks of, his, of, this, of himself as a suffering servant. It's no longer the, the power. He sees that Jesus is, is opposed by the Pharisees. He sees that Jesus is opposed by the governing body. So he becomes more and more in disillusioned. And we can see in his heart something is going on. And then subsequently, he was a trusted person because to become a treasurer, you're trusted. You know, he seemed like they were genuine. You know, disciples would not have asked him to do this type of work or even Jesus. And yet we see him all of a sudden, not only is he disillusioned, but he begins to take the money which was collected for his own purposes. Some believe that he wanted to, to buy a piece of property, which eventually, where this is what he committed suicide, we took his own life, uh, the property. And so he needed more money. You know, the 30 silvers of, of, of silver was quite a bit of money. And, and this is why he, he began to plot against Jesus to get the more money, perhaps for his own, for his own place, we ultimately in Jerusalem, he wanted to, to purchase a, a lot. This is one of the, one of the things which some, some, some biblical scholars have been interpreting that. But, but the key here is what is going on inside of him. And we see that, you know, he's disillusioned and yet Jesus, how Jesus treats him. Where does Jesus put him among the 12? I know we have the image of, of you know, Michael, uh, of, uh, you know, the uh, Leonardo da Vinci's image of the Last Supper, the, Jesus, the Judas is on the end. But what, what we have is, according to John's Gospel, Judas is right next to him at the right side of, 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 of Jesus, where he gives him the morsel of, of bread. And, and so that means he chose, he put him on a, on a very, um, in a spot of where, where the honored guests would be. And so we see Jesus treating him in such an incredible way, even though he, he knows that he will betray him, and yet, and yet he treats him with incredible respect. And to this very end, 
uh, the Lord does not in any way diminish the role of Judas. He honors him in many ways, and yet this is what it is. We see Judas disillusion, and he allows himself to be led by the evil one. And and you know today, even though Jesus says, you know I'm troubled because someone will betray me, the disciples look at one another at the loss to whom it may be. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side, which he was on the left side of Jesus. So Simon Peter nodded to him and and to find out whom he meant. He leaned back to Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? And Jesus says, it is the one to whom I will hand the morsel after I had dipped it. And so he dipped the morsel and took it and handed it to Jesus, the son of Simon the Iscariot. So even in that dialogue between John, it was not something that he spoke aloud. He only spoke to John. And yet he gave, he dipped the morsel of bread to Judas as a sign of respect. And yet we know that the evil one entered the heart. What was it in Judas's life? What was it in his heart that he rejected Jesus? Because maybe it was his pride that he wanted to be someone special and he realized that that Jesus is not going to be someone special. He will not be the great leader that he was hoped for. The solution, was he greedy? Was he, you know, so filled with himself that he would not allow the Lord to love him because he had other plans, he had the ambition? What was there in Judas's life that he was able to set aside the Lord, that he would not allow the Lord to enter his heart? Sometimes we look at Judas, but we have to look at ourselves, you know, in the ways that we, you know, if, if, if the gospel seems to contradict or does not seem to allow us to to do whatever we wish we set aside the gospel we set aside the commandments how many times we as human beings you know you know wishing just to do our own agenda so we follow through no matter what even if we know that it is against god's commandments even if we betray the lord you know and this is what happens to us and so here we have you know, we share in that guilt of, of Judas. We share in that greed. Was it was it avarice? Was it avarice? Was it something else? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We all of them, all of us, are men and women who are affected by the original sin. The consequences of original sin are with us. You know, the concupiscence that is, you know that 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 the inclination towards sin, inclination towards you know, setting God's ways, even his grace aside. We know that it takes place. We see around us, you know, how many, we know that we're not supposed to, you know, hurt one another, and when we do, we're supposed to take care of one another, we don't. You know, those things which are there. But then there's one more element here, which is very, very important. What happens to, G, to, G, to Judas is that he allows the evil one to take over him. You know, there's a hardness. He does not turn to go to the Lord at all. He follows through, and the evil one takes over his heart. And ultimately, as we know, that you know, he realizes what he has done, but he despairs. He doesn't turn to the Lord for mercy. And we have the other person here today that gives us an example of something similar. Look at Peter. Yes, you know, Peter also 
Um, but yet, yet the, the difference between Peter and Judas are, is very clear. Yes, Peter overpromises. Peter overpromises the Lord will be there. That he understands. Peter says, basically, I understand that that you are to suffer. I will be willing to die for you. I'll be willing to die and and fight for you. And 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 yet we see again, you know, Peter too, through his human weakness, through fear. Although he promises the Lord that he will defend him, that he will even offer his life for him, but we so we know that this is not the case. We see what happens to Peter. He denies him, but he bitterly cries, and ultimately he seeks forgiveness. He cries. He looks at the face of Jesus from a distance, and he realizes that the Lord already foretold him that he will deny him. He bitterly cries, and as we know, the Lord gave him the opportunity to, to experience a full reconciliation by, by asking him, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? And of course, we, we know Peter responds, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. The opportunity for Peter. So, so the difference between Judas is the one who despairs. And, you know, because he allows the evil one just to take over completely. And, and he is Peter who, who weakness, in his weakness, he denies him. And yet he is the one who turns back to, 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 to the Lord and seeks forgiveness. Then we have the last portion of our, the dialogue, the uh, uh, last portion of the gospel is the dialogue with Jesus and his disciples. And it's when, when Judas leaves, the Lord speaks of his glory, of glory, the power, the presence of God. What is glory? And the manifestations of, of Jesus' glory is what? If the fullness of who he is, he manifests to us that he's willing to die for us. He's not afraid of the cross, even though in Gethsemane, he still says, Father, if it is, if it is your will, remove this cross from me. And we see the, the sweat like blood dropping from his body, from his forehead, from his, from, from his head because of, of the intensity of knowing not only the suffering, but also the intensity of knowing the rejection knowing that what he is to embrace is that fullness of human sin, that human sin which is part of the, of the evil which is upon us. You know, sometimes we don't realize what sin is. We kind of sin, we kind of t take it very lightly. But sin, this type of disobedience to God, rejection of God, rejection of grace, has incredible, you know, destructive elements built in Sin d destroys, sin separates from God, sin separates us from one another. And it is this that the Lord embraced. Part of what Jesus speaks of his glory is that he manifests total love for us. He loved us completely and fully. He would not uh, in any way be dissuaded by this act of self-sacrifice on our behalf. And we see that. And so what is God's glory? It is manifested in the cross, in his suffering. It is manifested in his forgiveness of sins to those who have, have, been, who have hurt him, who have nailed him. Uh, he forgives them, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The glory of the Lord is the power and the presence of God in Jesus, who is the Son of God, is manifested to us, but is manifested as an embracing of the suffering on our behalf, it is in embracing, and this is what we celebrate, 
this Holy Week, especially the Holy Triduum, where on Holy Thursday he gathers with his disciples. He establishes the Eucharist, institutes the Eucharist. He institutes the, the uh, you know, the priesthood right at the very moment. Do this in memory of me. You know, celebrate this Eucharist, celebrate this, this covenant in my blood, taking bread and taking wine, my body, my blood, my body broken for you, my body, my blood poured out for you. He is establishing the, uh, you know, the mystery that we celebrate today and every day of our life. The mystery of the Holy Eucharist is established. During these gatherings, Jesus gathers for the, for the, for the Last Supper, for the, for the Passover meal. And not only does he establish there, but he reveals to us the, the very meaning of the glory. Glory is service. He washes the feet of his disciples. He's offering to us the manifestation of the truth of who God is, God who becomes our servant. He's, he's the one who serves us. He washes our feet. He takes care of us, he takes care of the wounds. He patches, he heals the wounded in the heart and also body. He's the one. And we see how much the world today needs, needs that love. We see how much the world needs that human tenderness and kindness. You know, it's, it's, it's shocking when I looked at TV, you know, and, and some of the news and, and the horrible evil that we do to each other, kicking innocent people, you know, women, as we saw, uh, you know, the, the, the various types of, of evil that we do. It is shocking because, because in, our, in our human way, we see this type of, of evil when, when someone turns himself or herself and, and, you know, and participates in that evil, allows the evil one to enter him, where we see the manifestations of that. And this is why we need the Lord. That's why we have to place everything. You know, our, our brokenness manifested in, in Judas, broken manifested in Peter, you know, all that. But we also have to know that we can always come back to the Lord, that he is the one who forgives. He is the one who reconciles. He is the one who heals. He is the one who restores us to a relationship with God. And it is through this celebration this week, this Holy Triduum, where we can know and we understand and we love the Lord for that, that he took it, everything upon himself to make us whole, to make us happy, to prepare eternity for us, to prepare eternal joys of the kingdom. So may we then, as we continue the sacred liturgy tomorrow's, is, is holy is the great Wednesday. Then we have the Holy Triduum starting, uh, starting uh, on Holy Thursday, and I want you to, in a special way, take a closer look at at the uh, at our bulletin, which will be made available on our website for the celebrations, the seven o'clock Holy Thursday liturgy. Then look at the three o'clock as well as the the celebrations here at the shrine, the seven o'clock as well. Just take a look at our bulletin and you'll know that you can share with us, walk with us through this Holy Triduum as we celebrate and honor the passion of our Lord, his resurrection, his suffering, dying and rising for us, which is the greatest gift that God has manifested to us, that he loves us, that he wants us to be reconciled with him, that he wants to give us heaven. What a beautiful gift. May God help us to understand reconcile with him and share in that fullness of God's glory.
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.